Thank you, dear Lord, that you've gathered all of us together. We only ask one thing today, that Lord, may your will be done amidst us. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever woken up in the morning, for those who go to work, have you ever woken up in the morning and you feel like, I wish I didn't have to go to this job anymore? Have you been in that, have you had that job where you know, if only I didn't have to go to work, I just, I wish I could do something else and know to go to this job. And, and you know, you go there because, you go because you must work, because you must survive, but not because you want to be there. If you have been there, I have been there. 2014, I had a job and, and I, I, every morning I would ask God for grace to allow me to get out of the house to go, just to go to the workplace. So I would arrive at 10 a.m. and I would leave at 2 p.m. That's how much I was struggling. But, but here is the reason why I was struggling. It is because I was doing what God did not purpose for me to do. I, I will share with you today in, in scripture, maybe something that perhaps you have ignored for all your life, but it's about you and God. Is that Psalms 139 says that all the days of our lives have already been ordained before one of them came to be. In other words, before God ever made you, he had a purpose for you. But, but this is the reason why we are not happy and why we actually struggle. It is for one simple reason. When you are not walking according to God's purpose and according to God's plan for you, chances are you will struggle. God never ever made any of us so that we could struggle. That would nullify the purpose of the cross. It would. But the reason why we are constantly, constantly struggling is because we have not yet found our rightful purpose in life. You know, a boat looks like a piece of wood when it's on the shore. Try putting that boat on water. You will know just how important a piece of wood like that one is. But you see when it's on the shore, if you find it on the shore, it just, it just looks bad. But put that boat on the water. You will know just how important an ugly piece of wood can be. So I want to ask you a question, every one of us here. Do you actually know God's purpose for you? A boat is meant to be on water. A plane is never built to be on the ground. As a matter of fact, the aviators will tell you that the more the plane is on the ground, the more expensive it is because it's never built to be on the ground. So what is God's purpose for you? I want to show you today, according to scripture, so that you're able to interpret for yourself. You, you need no prophet to tell you and to explain to you your current circumstances because if you are doing what God has purposed for you to do, that means you're living in obedience to the Lord. So obedience has got very little to do with you knowing what the Bible says and doing what it says, but it starts with you actually being able to, to understand God's purpose for you. Before I started to preach, I'll give you a testimony. Before I began to preach, I used to do communication 
I, well, everybody says I was good at communication, but there's something they didn't understand. I didn't enjoy it. Every day of my life, even when the month ends and you've met your targets and, and everybody seems happy for you, there's always something missing when you're not doing what God wants you to do. Is that it may look so satisfying on the earth before the eyes of man, but there will be something missing. And now it's not in the amount of money you make. It's not in the network that you build for yourself. Because even with all of that, with a beautiful family, you have children, you will still go back home, everybody is happy, but deep inside you, you're not, because something is missing. And, and that is the position I found myself in. I was always restless. But the day I started to preach the word of God, it was instant that I found peace. And it was so tangible, I could almost touch it. It's when I discovered that there's a difference between you living a fulfilled life, a fulfilling life, and walking according to the purposes of God. Now, I will show you according to scripture that when you're walking outside of God's plans for you, you're vulnerable. You are completely vulnerable. And nothing that you touch will last because you're walking outside of what God has purposed for you, outside of it. Do you know how strange it would be if you found people seated on a boat on Kampala Road and you're on a boat and you're on the streets of Kampala, your stomach? Do you know how many people you need to push that boat? Let alone uh, now to lift, but you see there are those who are sitting inside the boat. But tell me something. Do you have to tell a boat to move when it's on water? You don't have to. It needs no engine. As long as the boat is on water, it will move on its own. Your job is to simply give it direction, not to give it purpose. So we, we all feel an emptiness within us because we are not in line. You're not aligned to God's entire plan for your life. So I'll read from a common scripture. I know that you know it. It's in Jeremiah. I know you all like to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, but I am not going to begin from Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to begin from Jeremiah 29 from verse 1. I want you today to understand the genesis of which God was giving this particular scripture to the children of Israel. Because God just didn't arrive to the scripture and said, I know the plans I have for you. No, it began with a story. So let's look at the story. Then we'll arrive to why God said that. I don't know whether you, you are following the story. Now the Lord himself is the one that purposed for the children of Israel to go into captivity. And while they were in captivity, the Lord said to them, you need to find wives for your sons and also give your daughters to men to be married because you're going to be there for a while. As a matter of fact, build houses, live there. And God set a period for them to be in captivity. So from verse 10, he says, for thus says the Lord, that after 70 years are completed, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you. Now, the Lord is saying that, yes, you are in captivity, but I will only come to visit you after the 70 years. He says, I will come, I'll visit you. And then he adds, he says, and I will perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. They're in captivity, but the Lord has set a period. Then he adds after that period, remember, that he says, my plans will be fulfilled, but you see, it's after the specified period. Now, the Lord is saying, for I know the thoughts I have, I think, towards thee. He says, thoughts of peace are not evil, and to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me, 
and pray. But remember, this is after the 70 years. After the 70 years in captivity. So in other words, God had a plan. He had a purpose. He knew they were in captivity. He sent them there because they had rebelled against him. But you see, while they were there, he set a time for them to be. By the way, God even chose who would take them captive. It was God who sent Nebuchadnezzar sent to take them to captivity. It was the Lord. So God chose where they would go for captivity. God chose how long they were going to be there. But then God told them that when this period is over, I will come. I will remove you out of this captivity. I will perform my word, which I have spoken over you, because I have got good plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Then you will call on me and I will answer. But you see, all of this is time bound. It is in relation to the fulfillment of God's purpose for their lives. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall come to pass. Hold on there. Listen to what it says. It says, now it shall come to pass. Now continue reading. If Now listen carefully. There are two. We need to split this scripture very well so you can understand it. It says, now it shall come to pass. Now in others he's saying, it shall be fulfilled. It shall come to pass. But on, then he gives a condition. So there's, there's a promise, but there's a condition. It shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Meaning, now let's flip this scripture with the opposite. Now it shall not come to pass if you disobey the voice of the Lord your God. I don't know if it's making sense. Because the, the fulfillment of the promises are dependent on you being able to obey the voice of the Lord your God. Continue reading, please. To observe carefully. To observe carefully. All his commandments which I command you today. Uh-huh. That the Lord to observe carefully all uh-huh. his commandments which I command you today. That uh-huh. the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. That the Lord your God. So in other words, if you will observe to obey carefully every command the Lord is giving you, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now, this is God's promise to you. It says, as long as you diligently obey, then I will set you apart. It's not for praying for. We need to draw the line here. It's not for praying for. It is for obeying. It says these blessings will come. Now, they won't just come. They will overtake you. I don't know if you're following. It says these blessings will come, but when the blessings come, they won't just stay. The blessings will overtake you. If only you will obey the voice of the Lord, your God. Just read for us a sample of the blessings which will come and overtake us. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Stay right there. The Lord has promised you that it does not matter whether you find yourself in the city or you find yourself in Rampara, in the village. But this is what the Lord says. That for as long as you are within my purpose for you, the blessings will find you wherever you are, and they will overtake you. Now, it doesn't matter whether you are in the village, deepest village, the blessings will find you there, but most importantly, the blessings will set you apart and everybody will know that you actually are blessed. So in other words, whether you are in, in Kampala or you're in Rampara or you're in Moroto, Namalu, the deepest village, for as long as it is God's purpose for you, the blessings will set you apart for one simple reason, you have obeyed. And because you've obeyed, the blessings will come, then they will overtake you. But most importantly, everyone will know that God is with you. Because even in the village, you'll be completely set apart. That's why he says that you will be blessed in the city and in the village. The fruit of your body is your children. 
So you, you need not pray for your children to be blessed if you're walking and living according to God's purpose for you. Because instantly they are partakers of the blessing God has vowed. In Jeremiah 29, he says, and I'll come to you, in verse 10, and I'll perform my good word, which I've spoken over you, and which is his good word. He says that blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That means your children instantly, they carry the blessings of God. It's instant. They carry the blessings of God because you're walking according to God's purpose for you. And the fruit of your? And the fruit of your ground. In other words, if you till the ground, the fruit is blessed. You need not pray to the Lord to bless the ground because the ground is blessed for your sake. Continue reading. And the increase of your hands. And the increase of your hearts. The increase of your cattle. The increase of your cattle. The offspring of your flock. And the offspring of your... Now, God is so detailed. I don't know whether you notice. The increase of your hearts, increase of your cattle. Can you imagine that even the offspring is blessed? Even the offspring of your cattle is blessed. That's how detailed God is, is that even the calf is blessed. Your basket from which you gather is blessed already. Can you imagine even a basket is blessed? Do you see how detailed God is? That the basket itself is blessed. Your kneading bowl is also blessed. The kneading bowl is only used in the kitchen. You're mixing the dough, but the Lord says it's also blessed. How many of you remember to bless your plates? But God has covered the plates in the blessing. How many of you remember to bless your, ba your baskets in the field? But the blessings cover the baskets as well. It matters to God that as you come into your house, you are blessed. And as you go out, you are blessed. Keep on. Now, what could be more beautiful than this? He says, the Lord says that he will make your enemies to who rise up against you to be defeated in your face. In other words, he knows that they are going to be there. But if you're in the right purpose, in the right place, at the right time, when the enemies rise up, the Lord has guaranteed that they will be defeated. So they will come against you in one direction from the bypass. But the Lord says they will flee from you in seven different ways. Imagine they came in one direction, but everybody is running and they're leaving their weapons, leaving everything, and they're fleeing in seven directions. But this is what God is telling you. He says, to all in which you set your hand, God is command, will command a blessing. In other words, if you are living in your rightful purpose, now let me explain this to you. If you're living in your rightful purpose, do you know that even if you had been selling matchboxes in Namalu, and your matchboxes are more expensive. Everybody will come and buy your matchboxes and leave every shop. Have you ever noticed that when people go to the market, everyone will pass even the most decorated shops and they will pass them. And where will they go? There is only one shop that everybody goes and it's not even looking beautiful. It's not set up. It's maybe an old woman selling, but you leave the nice fancy shops with decoration. They even dust their things, remove dust in Nakawa. But this woman, there's a line. Have you asked yourself why? It can only mean one thing. This person is working in their rightful purpose. Even border borders. If your purpose is to be a bike man, that's what God purpose for you to do. That man will never rest unless he removes his phone. Because while he switches off his phone, somebody else calls. Says, come and take me to this place. And you have no idea why everybody is attracted to him. It's because blessings attract when you're in your rightful purpose, it's the law of attraction. The law of attraction. Everything and everyone will be attracted to you because you are within what God has purposed you 
to do. You become like a magnet. Magnets, you put a magnet here. We shall know everybody who has a coin. You, we will know because the coin will be struggling to leave your pocket. And the bigger the magnet, coins will fly. Every metal, earrings, all the things you're putting on, they will just flee from you. You don't need to be told that you have a metal. It will just leave you. That's the law of attraction. So God's purposes, they will attract people. Almost everyone wants to be established, isn't it? You want to be established in your career. You want to be established in your marriage. You want to be established in your business, in your call, everything. And you're saying, Lord, establish me. Did God ever say you say you, you pray that he establishes you? No, it's his promise to you. He says, and I will establish you. He says, I will establish you. But God can only establish you in that which he has purposed for you to do. Have you ever seen people who are extremely successful at making coffins? Have you seen them? They are very successful. And you see them very creative. They make coffins even for babies. But you see, every time you see cars parking there, he's a registered carpenter. So it doesn't matter what he makes. It's true. He's a registered carpenter. So it doesn't matter whether he makes coffins or he makes chairs. But as long as in heaven you're a registered carpenter. Now, if you remember, at the construction of the tabernacle, there were sons, there, was, there were men that God specifically put wisdom in them. And he told Moses that I've given them wisdom to make all kinds of materials. Are you seeing? It is God. So it was not for Joshua to go making cups or building a tent. It was not for Moses to go setting up a tent. It wasn't for him. It was never. Because there's a purpose to which God has called him to do. God has called him to be the leader. Aaron was called to be the priest. So Aaron's role was different. Moses never went anointing people. That is Aaron's job and Aaron's sons. They were ordained for that specific purpose. So what is your purpose? What is that that God has covenanted with you? Because these things the Lord talks about, the blessings, they are going to follow you. So your obedience, first of all, is to understand, to obey that which God has purposed you to do. Child of God, if God created you and your purpose is to lead, you will find no peace. You will find no blessing until you begin to lead, until you say, Lord, here I am, I am willing to lead. You don't even have to ask him where. He will point you in the direction of what to do. People will come. They will gather to you and they say, be our leader. They will come. You don't have to figure it out. They will come. They will come. If God in heaven has purpose, that you are made for that purpose, let me tell you, kings and queens and princes will come to buy from you. That is who he is. Because your blessings will only come from that which God has purposed for you to do. It can't come from anywhere else. But you see, today we are not obedient to the Lord. We seem to be more obedient to the world system. We want to follow the world system. But that's not how God wants it. Now, because the world system says you must find a job, the world system says you must work somewhere, the world system says you must have an income. Now, this is the world system. But you were not created by the world system. You were created by the Lord. Nothing in the world system can save you on the day the Lord says you're going to be with him. No amount of medicine, no amount of science, technology can save you if God says, it is time, come. 
It's not there. So why do we struggle? We struggle to find peace. We struggle to find joy. You even struggle to find peace. Sleep. Sleep alone. You know why? It is for one simple reason. You have not found your rightful purpose in life. Let me give you an example. If God has called you and your job is to be a your job is to be an, a, an a financer for the kingdom of God. I, I want to warn you, this is now where people lose blessings from God. If God has called you and your job is to finance his kingdom, let me tell you, it only means that you are simply a pipe from which blessings must go. The day you want to withhold, the Lord closes the taps on the other side. And yet the more you release, the more the Lord puts into your hand because it is your purpose in life. It's your purpose. You all remember when Jesus Christ was entering into Jerusalem and says, go and find a colt, you'll find it tied. He says, bring it to me. He says, if you people ask you where you're taking it, he said, you tell them that the master needs it. Now let me tell you something about that, about that donkey that he sat on. It was made for one purpose, to be sat on by Jesus Christ. Now tell me something. When they put the fig trees, the clothes on the ground, did the donkey also pass? The donkey enjoyed the glory, but the donkey understood its purpose. The donkey also passed on those clothes. The donkey passed on the fig trees, but the donkey knew it had one purpose. It was for the sake of him who I was carrying. Now tell me something. Do you think anybody on earth would have put down figs and clothes for the donkey to pass without Jesus Christ? So what makes you think that there is going to be figs laid down and clothes laid down for you to walk on without the purpose on your back? What makes you think the glory will come? What makes you think the peace will come? What makes you think the establishment will come? And you know, it's even worse on the day you stand before Jesus Christ and he asks you, what did you do with the talents I gave you? What shall you say to the Lord? I know what I'm called to do. I'm called to prophesy. I'm called to heal the sick. I do that. What about you? I have found my place in the Lord and you have no idea how much peace I have. Get me right now, take me to your village, the deepest village where nobody speaks English. I'll preach Jesus Christ and I'll pray for them and they'll get healed. And I'll prophesy into their lives and they'll understand it. Even if we don't understand each other in English, the Holy Spirit will make them to understand. So what about you? Are you in that purpose? So it's important to God. It's important, let me tell you, it is important to the Lord that you're walking according to his divine plan for you. And, and this is where everyone almost gets it wrong. Now, you know that God never called you to be a businessman. God called you to be a leader. What are you doing being, doing business? You'll, you'll fail. You'll take out loans and you fail because your glory, your blessings are only in doing that which you have been called to do. And how do we know what we have been called to do? The thing that we have been called to do, it comes naturally. It comes naturally. Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. The thing that comes to you naturally, it's exactly God's purpose for you. Because God never planned that you should struggle in the purpose to which he has called you to do. You, 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 keep, you may be saying, me, I'm, I'm just, this is the way I'm good with children. No, no, no. That's your purpose. You're not just good. That's it. So where will your blessings come from? Your blessings will come from you doing that which God has called you to do.
every one of us here, there's an assignment for you from heaven. When the Lord made you, now there's a file for you in heaven, Harriet. And your file is there. And God says in his file, this one is meant to do this. This one is meant. Now, let me, give you, let me ask you a question right now. What is Joshua's role? Joshua, not to deputize, to serve. Now, Joshua was made for one purpose. He was meant to be a leader. In the eyes of God, he was a leader. But every leader, the first thing they do is they must serve. So God made him a servant, a servant, a servant to Moses. Now, if you read the book of Joshua, just chapter 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying... You see, Moses was a servant of the Lord, but Moses, the servant of the Lord, had a servant. You see, but Moses had sons. But God never ever told Moses that your sons shall take up your ministry. No. The Lord said to him, your servant, your servant, Joshua, he'll be the one to take over. Now, there's a file for you in heaven. The Lord chose in that file, I'll tell you how it works. In that file, there's your father, there's your mother, they were chosen. You didn't choose your parents. Now, you, you may, they may not be educated, they may not be as fancy as you think. In the eyes of God, they are the only ones who have the DNA to be your parents. So God chose them. So in that file, your father's name, your mother's name, Kavitura, she's in the file. Are you seeing? The names are there in that file. But also in that same file, God has determined what is her job. No, diplomat. The Lord has said she is a diplomat. What is her first posting? DC. And it is there. Now here, Madame Kavitura, she wants to be a teacher. I love to teach people because the community loves me. She is there, she's busy teaching with Choco. Madame teacher, Madame teacher. Now Madame teacher is praying for blessings. She's taking out fast. The pastor is laying hands on her. They've anointed her, even the legs, everything. She walks around with a cabot of oil here. She is praying. She's doing everything possible. She's, she's the one who gives seed. She tithes. She stays at the pastor's home half the day. Everybody knows Madame Kavitura is good. Are you seeing? But heaven is registering that she must be in D.C. at a particular time. Child of God, I want you to know something today. Is that there is an appointed time for everything in your life. If you miss that time, you know we take God so much for granted. We actually think that everything is okay all the time. Now Madame Kavitura is there. DC is waiting for her. The angels have gone to DC with the blessings. Are you seeing? The angels are in DC. There are many. They singing. The guardian angels are there. The ministering angels are there. The chariots of fire are there. Those who are supposed to get the house are there. They are, you know the angels. Everyone angel has a different role. The angels who are finding the schools are there. They have bought the school. Where has she put the kids? In Rochelle High. The kids are where? In Rochelle High. And they are number one. But the angels, there is a school in DC. The angels are there. Are you seeing? Heaven is expecting. Madame Kavitura is this side. I'm telling you, this is how it works. I know we will laugh about it, but this is exactly what happens. The angels are waiting. They celebration in heaven. The Lord Jesus is ready. They are saying, where is our girl? Do you know how... how beautiful it is in heaven when you receive your miracle I know you think it is you who rejoices heaven rejoices more 
Because God glories in the fulfillment of his blessings for you. Tell me something. Whose heart will be broken? It's Jesus. Because you see, while Kabitula for her, she will go on living, she will be okay. But you see, Jesus will be heartbroken. Because his plans for you have not come to pass. Do you all remember at the birth of Jesus Christ how the angels were celebrating? It was the angels who visited the shepherds and said, go and find him. There's a little boy, the Savior, he's been born, go now, find him. That message did not come from man, it came from the angels. There was rejoicing and celebration in heaven because the Savior had been born. He said, you go and find him, you find him where? There was celebration. Now, search deep within your soul, are you living according to God's purpose for you? That's the question you must answer. It's not about money. It's not about a job. God has proven over and over that he can sustain people without jobs. You don't know, but if you look at the history of Israel, there were three million Jews, slaves, uneducated. They've come out of Egypt, and they are three million, and every day God took care of them. He gave them fresh food in the morning. He gave them fresh water to drink. They had everything they needed, yet they wake up. What were they waking up to do? It's not documented anywhere that they ever had to work for a living. God fed them. God met their need. None of them were sick. Even their clothes didn't get worn out. Their clothes grew. As your feet is growing, so does the shoe. But that's exactly what happened. Why? Because God can supply your need. It's not in the need. It's in the purpose. If you're going to find lasting peace, if you're going to find lasting joy, you must begin to walk in God's plan for you. If God made you and he says you are to serve him, you are a servant, be a servant. 